For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Folks, football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and content available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Enjoy the show. Man, between the state of the world and the ending of the Phillies playoff game just now, I am really in the mood to talk about the Flyers season preview, to just talk about our upcoming 23-24 Philadelphia Hockey Flyers. How about you, Quigs? It's a rare, rare feat. It's, it's, it doesn't happen often that you want to talk about the Flyers, but here we are wanting to talk about the Flyers. But you know, and you know what, Steve? We should. We should. Because this is week one. This is, we are in the opening week of the NHL season. It's exciting. Every team is, is zero and zero and zero. Everyone can win the Stanley Cup, including the Flyers. That's okay. Including yeah, I the Flyers. I had a silence was golden there. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure I can agree with that assessment. It's, uh, it's hard to think about the Flyers ho- hoisting Lord Stanley's Cup this season. But you know what? Uh, nonetheless, I feel more optimistic coming into this season than I have previously because, I, you know, th- they have a direction. And I, that's yeah. all stuff we're going to get into in a minute because I want to start this off with as clean of a slate as we're going to get because we have a couple factors at play here. Number one, new season. Maybe people are looking for a new Flyers podcast to check out. If so, welcome. Number two, new feed, okay? People might be rediscovering Flyperbole, okay? People might be checking out the new Broad Street Hockey, all right? We have some stuff going on, so there might be some new people. So, if you're new to Flyperbole, welcome. First things first, you see that rat on your podcast feed? That's our friend the rat, okay? Our friend the rat is the mascot of Flyperbole, so named after a rat that appeared on my old South Philly block on Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, if you will, a few years ago. and Mischief Night. It was actually, it was straight up Halloween. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, well, that's what made it so special, because our friend the rat appeared when all the trick-or-treaters were on my street. So we're all sitting there. Are you sure it wasn't just a very tiny trick-or-treater? 
I cannot confirm nor deny, but I'm I'm fairly certain it was just a yeah. huge South Philadelphia rat. But we're just yeah. I'm sitting there on my stoop, okay, getting ready for trick or treaters to come, and I start hearing screams across the street. I'm like, oh shit, what's that? And I see a cat sized rat come out from underneath a car, and in true South Philly fashion, people get their brooms out, they get their hose. And they like squirting at the rat. They're trying to corral it and they corral it into a trash can. And <laughs> you might be asking, why am I named? Why have I named the rat our friend? Well, the great Craig Forsyth, when he was uh, the co-host of this fine program, had just somehow interpreted when I said the phrase our friend, the rat, that the rat's name was our friend. So the rest is history. It is our friend, the rat. He is the, the mascot of Flyperbole and we cherish him. Oh, so much. But if you're wondering what fly purpley is, it is the, I like to think of it as the most unhinged Flyers podcast out there. We like to talk about shitty new metal bands from the turn of the century. Uh, we like to talk about Guy Fieri. We like to talk about Bar Rescue. We like to talk about Pierre Maguire and Dak Emmerich and all that fun stuff. But you know what? We just like to keep it loose and have some fun while talking about your Philadelphia hockey Flyers. Um, we also like to talk about Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley, sorry, a not recurring sorry. character on the show. Yeah, Guy Fieri, um, uh, Cole Beasley, uh, the Fred best Durst. rapper ever. Um, yeah. yeah, so there's a few things we like to talk about, some recurring themes that you're going to hear throughout. We like to do the Owen Wilson. Oh, oh wow. wow. Um, so we do that quite a bit. Um, but yes, if you are new here. Fucking welcome to Fly Purbly, bitches. Uh, it's going to be a great time. You're going to love it. There's lots of cursing. There is a lot of cursing. <laughs> There's some cursing I, here. So. I hit that explicit button every time I'm doing an upload, and I never have fucking regretted it. Not once. No, not one single time. No. If, if somebody wants to pay me to not curse, gladly, I won't curse. But you know what? Nobody's paying me to not curse, so I'm just going to curse away. So that's just what this shit is. That's how it goes. That's how it goes, baby. But... Yeah, welcome to Fly Purbly if you are just tuning in. It might get weird sometimes. It'll often get weird, but that's how we like it. But let's start off. Let's We're doing a full season preview today, okay? I'm trying not to get too sidetracked. I love a good sidetrack. I love getting off topic, frankly. But today, we're going to try and stay focused, and we're going to try to talk about the Flyers in this fresh season. So I wanted to start by talking about what's new with the Philadelphia Flyers, because there's quite a bit that is new with the team. And I think it all starts at the top, and it starts with the general manager and the president of the organization, general manager Danny Briere, who I'm sure you're all familiar, Danny Briere used to be a star player for this team, and the Flyers have a reputation for only hiring ex-players, but this is one that we're all excited about. We're excited about Danny Briere because he seems like a smart guy, he's played hockey in the modern era, and he's already done a couple smart moves. Now that I'm looking at this all on paper, everything on this team is new. Like almost every single thing about this team from top to bottom, whether it's GM, president, it's all new. Um, yeah, Danny Briere, man. Who would have thought 10 years ago, Danny Briere coming in, being the new GM of the Flyers, and so far doing a pretty solid job. I'm pretty happy with how Danny Briere has been doing. Um, you know, and we kind of alluded to this earlier on when we first did our intro. Like they have a plan which is something that we can't say was the case a couple months ago. Right. That's a big difference maker. A couple months ago, we were saying, oh my God, 
Chuck Fletcher is a nightmare and we're never going to be relieved of this nightmare. And then we were relieved of the nightmare. The Flyers made the smart decision after a lot of outcry from the fan base. And it's so funny to me to this day that the the major, the straw that broke Chuck Fletcher's back was not trading James Van Riemsdyk for a third round pick. It's so funny. Like, I can't believe JVR, of all people, was the one to, like, he was he was the most, like, him not being traded, that was the straw, or the, uh, the, yeah, is that, that, is the, that straw the, the straw that broke the camel's back? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. In this case, yeah. Uh, Chucky two trades broken by not trading James Van Riemsdyk for pennies. He could have traded him for a fourth round pick and it would have been like, yeah, that was the market. And he said, oh, it was too hard. And multiple times Chuck Fletcher came out and said that being a a general manager was too difficult. And we were tired of it. We were sick and tired. The Flyers finally listened. They heard us and they canned Chucky two trades and he is no more. And now we have GM Danny Briere, who, you know, he made a smart move. We'll get into that when we're talking about the players, but you know, he, he made some interesting moves in the off season and I think he's going to make a lot more interesting moves, but I also wanted to talk about new El Presidente of the club. That's right. You might not even know that there is a position that is the president of a hockey organization right there, but there is. And Chuck Fletcher was doing both general manager and, and gen- general manager and president, and nobody knows why. And the Which is dumb. That never works. Like, it never works. And yeah. frankly, the president role is pretty ambiguous, right? It's pretty nebulous. And it's whatever you make of it. And the Flyers decided in this case, they wanted the president to be kind of a spokesman for the team, somebody mm. to be more of a, a PR guy. And they went and they tapped another ex-player. And they tapped an ex-player from their broadcast booth which was i i've never heard of anybody doing this but it's keith jones you might know him as jonesy and he's been talking to you as the color analyst for the flyers for a long long time now and at first we were all kind of puzzled and i i don't really get this move but it's become more clear as he's been doing his job and Danny Breer has been doing his job that Danny's going to be doing more of the hockey stuff and Jonesy's going to be doing more of the, the public persona stuff. And to just put that in perspective, he was on the preseason broadcast recently talking with Jim Jackson and his replacement, Brian Boucher about what the club is doing and the vision for the club, which I think is important after seeing Chuck Fletcher just fumble for years. Yeah. And and see, this is exactly why um, I now have a very different opinion of Keith Jones being the president of Hockey Ops as opposed to what my opinion was at the time of his hiring. It, it, at first, like you kind of said, it was very puzzling. But after I kind of go back to his introductory presser and I think about one thing that he said in particular where basically I asked him, like, what is it about your job in the broadcast booth that makes you, like, fit to take on this new role? And he basically said, like, I know everybody. I talk to GMs of other teams. I talk to players of other teams. I talk, Like, he's spo- he speaks to everybody up in the press box and everyone knows who he is. He has all these connections. And over time, that has kind of resulted in him um, just developing all these great relationships. And so now that's that's kind of a handy tool to have when you're the president of a hockey team. Well, especially considering that Danny Briere is a first-time GM. You know, he's a guy who's been learning 
about the role. And just FYI, if you're not that familiar, if you're more of a casual fan, Briere has been learning how to be a GM for a while now. He he did some time with the Maine Mariners. He did some time in the Flyers front office. So he didn't just like walk in off the street, say, give me a job. And the Flyers said, well, you can right. have the most important job in the building. No, <laughs> it, like he, he's been training for this. Okay. He's been doing his Luke Skywalker training. He hasn't had a Yoda, although Chuck Fletcher could speak in riddles often, but he, you know, Danny Briere has been training for this, but nonetheless, he doesn't have the connections of an established GM. So having Jonesy to make those introductions, Jonesy to maybe, you know, bridge the gaps sometimes with that communication could be really important. So I'm, I'm excited for this duo. It, it, even though it's another X flyer two X flyers, it still feels fresh. It feels like something new and it feels like the, the club is trying something different. Yeah. And you know what? Like, people are going to kind of, some people might retort and say, they're not trying something different. They keep bringing in the new, the former players. How is that any different? And like, you know what? To me, this is different because Danny Briere, and I said this before, he is not the stereotypical former flyer that they would bring in to run the organization. He is a new age player. He's not like a career flyer or anything like that. He is a player who, um, you know, he doesn't fit the whole tough guy persona that a lot of former flyers who now work for the org have. He it was a speedy guy. He was an undersized guy. He was very skilled. And that, I think, separates it. And I think we're looking at – I mean, look at what he's done with the team so far. Um, he's kind of molding the team into being more skilled, getting rid of some of those, like, you know, bigger – Less brawn, more brain, I guess, is a better way to say it. So Speed and skill is where I'm yeah. at. Give me that speed and skill. And uh, most important for me, he's played in the salary cap era. Yes. He signed a large contract in the salary cap era. Most of these guys, like Paul Holmgren, you know, like, again, Paul Holmgren did some very good work at the beginning of his GM tenure, but towards the end was an absolute maniac. Paul Holmgren didn't play in the salary cap era, okay? He learned a little bit, don't get me wrong, and he could manipulate it like the crazy son of a gun he was. But yeah. Briere's actually played in it. He's actually seen the successful clubs get formed in the salary cap era. And it, it just feels like the Flyers have never adapted to there being a salary cap. No. And until... Uh, and. You know what? Like there was a time, there was like a brief two-year stint where the Flyers were actually doing very well with the salary cap. And I got to admit, it was during the Ron Hextall era. And there were a couple of years where Ron Hextall appeared to be a very good general manager for the Flyers where he was doing his job exactly the way he said it was going to be done. And it, it was done the way it needed to be done. He cleared a ton of cap space. And then he kind of blew it all by getting James Van Riemsdyk and handing him a massive contract. So, And the funny thing is, like, I don't even blame him for that necessarily. I blame no, him for no, not no. making... My biggest thing with Ron Hextall will always be that he just couldn't seem to turn the corner and sign more NHL-ready players. He would sign guys like Dale Vies, the Dutch Gretzky, and they were terrible. They, he would just... And he would get these guys in deals that, you know, it'd be nice for the salary cap for tomorrow, but, like having to sit through like Valtteri Filpula, okay, was just torture. That guy was terrible. Or who was the all-star along the boards? Uh Yuri Laterra. Oh yeah. Yeah. Y- <laughs> How can I Boy. Yeah, Yuri Laterra, man, you're old as we like to call him around these parts. Like just a brutal, 
brutal player to watch play. And Hextall would bring these guys on, and the team was just unwatchable. Here's another thing, though. Like, he also, his re- just adamant refusal to remove a head coach who clearly had lost the team. Oh, like, Dave that Hextall. Was... Man. Even That's though he's what... very good with the Seattle Kraken right now, Dave Hextall, man, he should have been fired like two, three years before he actually got shit canned. Yes. And he, it just didn't work out. And he just, for whatever reason, he had no desire in doing that. So what happened? He lost his job. He and then job. Hackstall lost his job. So, yeah, crazy, crazy things happening. But you know what? Yeah. Like, to me, these are, listen, these are two guys who, yeah, they're former Flyers. Like, Keith Jones, Danny Briere, But they're a different kind of former Flyer. And I think that is the big kind of exciting thing to look forward to or to kind of take with you as we enter this quote unquote new era of orange. Like (laughs) there, there is a good possibility that who, Hey, let's give these two guys a shot. See what happens. I mean, so far we haven't been given any evidence to suggest that they are bad at their jobs. So thus far, thus far. So, uh, so far, so good enjoying this tenure so far we will see what happens but that is a whole spanking thing that is new this year another thing we alluded to it before we just flat out said it brian boucher is going to be your color analyst in the booth with jim jackson uh bush has done a great, great. job yeah. i really enjoy his presence i've always enjoyed him on the the nbc broadcasts over the years i think he really brings a nice valuable perspective and a professional broadcaster perspective scott hart will be subbing in sometimes but uh yeah i'm welcoming bush as the the regular guy in there very excited about that and along with bush there's also we we said new era of orange and the the jerseys are new this year even though they're uh an odd mashup of kind of like the most popular Flyers jerseys of the last few decades where it takes some elements of the 80s, 90s jerseys that everybody loves and kind of want it back, like the color and the back numbers, but it also takes the nameplates from recent years and then it also gives the the weirdest sleeve numbers you've ever seen. Cheapest fanatics bullshit there is. But it, it takes some elements, but overall they seem to be pretty well received and I'm sure we will get used to them as we watch them on the ice. We talked about it last week. They've grown on me, Steve. I gave grown them on eight, you. I gave them an eight, 8 out of 10 when they were originally unveiled. And now I give them a 9 out of 10 now that I've seen them on the ice. I know the arm numbers are weird. They're terrible. But like, I, my brain has just accepted it. And now, <laughs> I, now I don't hate it. I dislike okay. it, but I don't hate it. Okay, fair enough. I, I still am having some issues, but I'm also old as shit, so change is uh, weird for me. But I'll get there. I was playing, I uh, I got a test copy, or not a test copy because the game's out, but I got a review copy of NHL 24 that I'm working on putting together something for the site on. And it's been weird for me even just playing in the jerseys to this point where I'm like, I'm nitpicking them as I play the video games. So that's right. where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. they're good. I think they're good uniform. The burnt orange. The orange beautiful. looks good. The orange. Yeah. I think we can all agree. The shade of orange is very nice. The the new shade of art. The new old shade, if you will. Yeah. It just it's good. They're sharp looking uniforms. I gotta say. You think they're sharp? Not men. perfect. Not perfect. But sharp. Okay. They're sharp. How about that? Just like a, an aunt play, praising their nephew on Easter, looking sharp there. Looking sharp. Looking uh, snazzy. I like that I went out of my way to say aunt because like I'm I've never I don't think I've ever said that in my life. <laughs> like I always like I, I'm from, you know, I'm from Philly. So I'm always like, oh, yeah, my aunt. 
like you know i say that why yeah. did i why did i go out of my way i gotta be real i gotta Aunt's be like real. a southern thing it is auntie yeah I, i'm not i'm not an auntie guy it's just i'm not yeah. being real to myself and i'm not being real to the podcast i'd like to resign in shame but yeah that's the jerseys are new the front office is new the broadcast is somewhat new and oh yeah and isn't is todd fedoric the new color analyst for the radio Did radio I that? yeah that's correct 97.5 the fanatic I'll have to listen in a couple of times. I haven't heard the fridge yet, but I like the fridge. I'm a fan. We're all going to miss Coatsy. Steve Coates, longtime Flyers broadcaster. You want to talk unhinged. That guy is the king of unhinged. We will miss him. But yeah, the fridge seems like a, a decent fill-in. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how he does. Yeah, I just think it's weird that they brought in the Chicago Bears 1985 William the Fridge Perry to call uh, NHL hockey games. Oh, you, see, this but... is this is where you can tell that you were not big Flyers fan in the early 2000s because we all knew the fridge back then. Yeah, I was I was a small boy back then. Oh, Jesus. You weren't that Tiny small boy. in the early 2000s. Yeah, I was uh, the early 2000s. Yeah, I was like, what? Uh, eight? Eight. Yeah. Well, okay, I, I guess. Eh. Eight, nine. Well, how early in the 2000s are we talking? I, I don't know, like 03, 04? It was not eight, ten, somewhere in there. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Eight, eleven. Whatever. Whatever you say. Whatever yeah. you say. Anyway, the, but you know, if, if for your background here, I am a longtime Flyers fan. I've been. I'm an old ass man at this point. I've been rooting for the Flyers for a long ass time, pretty much since the mid '90s. And he likes breaks. long walks on the beach. He likes. He likes. To- <laughs> He likes like to go out juice. on Saturday. Yeah, he likes to go out on Saturday nights, hit the club, but not for too long. He likes to come home by eleven thirty sharp. Think I've ever hit a club? <laughs> yeah, no, I, me neither. Yeah. Not a club guy, absolutely not. But yeah, I've been I've been a longtime Flyers watcher since the mid nineties. And and Quiggs, you're more of like a past ten years, eleven years kind of guy. I'm a new age, new age yeah. Flyers watcher. So basically, I started. What was it? It was the uh, the lockout shortened year was when I first delved headfirst into hockey. And what a ever time. Since then, yeah. What and a ever time to sign on for this life. <laughs> I was the worst possible time to sign on to watch Flyers professional hockey, if we even want to call it that it's in some of these years yeah, that I had to watch. Pretty bad. But, yeah. So pretty much as soon as I showed up watching the Flyers, it, it all went bad. So it's my it's, – it's, as Taylor Swift said, it's me. I'm the problem. Hashtag blame quakes. Yeah. There you go. It's it's my fault. It is your fault. It's all your fault. So we've got the jerseys. We've got the broadcast. We've got the front office. Who's new on the ice for your Philadelphia Hockey Flyers? And this is not exciting at all. The names I am about to read are some of the least exciting hockey names that I could come up with. So we've got Mark Stahl, who is... Uh, I got some issues with Mark Stahl. He's not... He's a defenseman. If we're just talking about him from a purely hockey perspective, he's a very... He's yeah, I don't even know how to describe him. He's a defenseman, right? He's like, a defenseman. Yeah. Would you even would you describe him as slow? Would you describe him as average? I old. He's, he's an old defenseman. He's an old head. He is like he's like Dan Girardi when he was in the twilight of his career. But Mark Stahl's like a little bit better. I feel like yeah, Mark Stahl at least like took he he played a key role on a Stanley Cup. 
team last year. Right. So. He was on not a Stanley a... Cup team. He, he yeah. yeah. He knows his way around a defense, you know. He's and he's a torts guy. So the head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers, John Tortorella, if you're really not that familiar at this point, you've been sleeping in a under a rocker in a cave or something like that. John Tortorella is a a Mark Stahl guy. He played with them in the Rangers, so like he knows him. He wanted to bring in a familiar face to help some of these young guys learn the ropes over here. So Mark Stahl's a new guy. Sean... He will be on the Mark Stahl will be on the Flyers for maximum one season. That is a there's a very good chance that he gets traded midseason. So, very good yeah. chance. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Walker is also a new name, also a defenseman, and I the reports I've read on Sean Walker is pretty good. Yeah. He's yeah. I like him. I yeah. like him. I I think he's a very good like uh third pair defenseman. Um, could jump up into the second pair if need be. He's not going to cost you really all that much. Um, there was a time a couple years ago where he looked to be like a you know an up and coming guy, but then he tore I believe his ACL, so that wasn't great. That That'll sucks. Do it. Yeah. Hate that for him. But not great. So last year he was a little rusty, but like hey, who's to say that this year he doesn't come? You know, he doesn't kind of return to that form and uh, revert back to his old self. So I, I like Sean Walker. Um, he seems to have a real good attitude about everything. And, um, that's another guy to watch when the trade deadline kind of nears. Oh, for sure. Sean Walker is definitely a name to watch out for. And he was brought in, in the Ivan Provorov trade. So if you are returning to the Philadelphia Flyers for some reason, Ivan Provorov, longtime flyer was traded in the off season. He had developed uh, a number of attitude problems and amongst other things besides, you know, destroying league wide policies on diversity and such, but uh, that's neither here nor there. But Ivan Provorov was traded and it was mainly, he just was so just his play had gone down in recent years his attitude was just shitty. It was time to go. And it happened so fast. Like he did not have any attitude issues, at least that I knew about until like very recently. Like and two, I, three I didn't years know, ago. Yeah. I didn't know where it came from. And it was just like, all right. So the COVID season where the flyers were like good and they went to the playoffs and they won their first playoff series in God knows how in a decade. Like, I mean, he, everything was fine then. And then that next season, things got real weird. Yep. Well, his his best season was next to Matt Niskanen. Matt Niskanen retired after the COVID season. Did not did not have a good time. Did not enjoy himself. He retired. He decided he didn't want to deal with it. And then Provorov just had a rough year and lashed out at the press and then just had a shittier year and had his controversy with Pride Night and everything. And, and again, that's not why he was traded. He was traded because he just had this bad on ice attitude, this bad attitude with the press and his play had gone down. So he needed a change of scenery. He couldn't be the number one guy for the Flyers anymore. And it was time to go. So the Flyers worked out a three team deal. And this was Danny Breer's first real big splash with the team. And I thought it was a great move. I, I thought, it, what was the return for the Flyers? Because I know the Flyers had to take back Cal Peterson's contract, which isn't great, but who cares? And they got Sean Walker and they got, was it a first and a second out of it? I believe they get a they got a first round pick, Sean Walker, Cal Peterson, I believe a second round pick. Okay. But regardless, Oh, they, and then uh uh Hal Jagrons. That's right. I forgot about uh the Grands Muffins over there. So yeah, 
it was a good deal for Danny Breer. Actually, a really good deal. I was very impressed with it. So Provorov is probably your biggest departing name from the team this offseason. And then you've got Walker. You've got Peterson. So Cal Peterson, he might have been the backup goaltender, but it looks like he didn't even make the main squad this year. Very expensive. I have no idea why he's under the contract he's on, but... It looks like he's going to Lehigh Valley to play for the Phantoms, and is we have uh, Samuel Erson pinned in as the the backup this year. Well, yes, but strangely enough, at the time of this recording is the day that the Flyers unveiled their twenty three man roster, and they are carrying three goalies. Oh wow! So that's interesting. Um, which the teams don't do that. So No, they don't um, do that. I thought that was very unusual when I saw that. The reason they're doing that, I one could rationally rationally assume they are doing that because um Felix Sandstrom, who was their primary backup last season, is not waiver exempt. And I don't think they want to lose him for nothing. So the thought is maybe they're trying to trade him. Um but uh, yeah. Uh, well, what are the what are you gonna get for Felix? Sandstrom? What are you gonna get for Felix? You know, I like Felix Sandstrom or Felix. He's fine. I like Felix Sandstrom, but like, what? I mean, are you really gonna get much of an asset? I, I don't. I don't know. So, it's not looking great on that front. So I mean, yeah. We'll see what happens. But Peterson, he's just kind of here. He's a name that I don't know. You might never hear his name again. For all we know. Yeah. I mean, he'll come up somewhat like. Carter Hart's bound to get hurt at some point. And when he does, Cal Peterson's going to come up. Might play a couple games behind F- or, uh, Sam Merson. And uh, yeah, so. Or, or maybe Sandstrom will come up. Who knows? Maybe we might not see Cal Peterson this season. So. I, I Who knows? And it doesn't really matter. It, it really does not matter about Cal Peterson. Now, names you will definitely see. Uh, Ryan Paling was a guy they brought on this year. He apparently is the, one of the fastest guys in camp this year. So he's got that going for him. Hot take. Ryan Paling is... Uh, well, this isn't even a hot take. This is just true. He's been great. Like, this, he, he was awesome in the preseason. So. He seems like a solid pickup. I, I really liked what I saw out of him in the preseason. Me too. He's been uh, he's been pretty, pretty, pretty good. So pretty, I'm, I'm impressed. pretty pretty good yeah. yeah so ryan paling is a name you will definitely see throughout the season and the other one i i hate saying this name but garnet hathaway is another player solid like third fourth line player from my understanding garnet and hathaway love wow. that um yeah is Anne hathaway from philadelphia or did I'm i make that up? fairly certain she isn't is she not the the Catwoman. That's what they call Garnet Hathaway is the Catwoman. For some reason, I thought she was from Philadelphia. I'm pretty sure she isn't, but now I'm gonna... She's literally from Brooklyn, New York. Just don't, <laughs> just don't mind me. Samsonite, <laughs> I was way off. Just don't mind what I'm saying. Um, Garnet Hathaway. All right, so the thing with him is he's a legit good bottom six forward. Like, he's actually good. And from one of my dear friends who covers the Washington Capitals for the Hockey News, as do I cover the Flyers for the Hockey News, for those of you who do not know, uh, Sammy Silver, she covers the Capitals for the Hockey News. She says that Garnett Hathaway, as a human being, is excellent. I've not met him yet in person, um, but that's exciting to hear that, he, that the Flyers are picking up a good dude and a legitimately good 
player on the bottom six. So that's that's uh, exciting. Yeah, I'd love to hear that because the Flyers did. I I did forget to mention one of the departing players, James Van Riemsdyk, uh, departed. He signed with the Boston Bruins in the offseason. And say what you will about James Van Riemsdyk's on ice production in recent years. The guy is a really good dude and really good. I will miss his leadership with the team. Like I will miss him just being a reliable, good person on the team. Yeah. Yeah. He did a lot of the talking. He was like, if you ever needed a quote at the end of the game that the Flyers got like stomped, if the Flyers had a terrible game, they always would just throw JVR out and be like, all right, say nice things that aren't going to make us look bad. And he always would. And that's just how he was. That's just kind of the role he played. He was very much one of the unquestioned leaders in the locker room and now he's gone. And so now the unquestioned leader in the locker room is Travis Konechny. <laughs> well, <laughs> you could, so well, you could also say Scott Lawton and Sean Couture are up Oh there. yeah, 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 I know. But Scott it's Lawton, funny. I mean, Scott Lawton at this point has to be like one of the best, like, best dudes left in the locker room. And yeah. Like if we're looking at the locker, like clearly it's, it's Sean Couturier and Lawton are like the two like actual leaders, but like, but I just love the idea. But Konechny's stepping up as a guy. I mean, Konechny really did step up last year when the club needed him to. Yeah. It, it's, and it's still just funny to me. The thought of him being like, well, not that so he was goofy. ever not a leader. Yeah. He's just a goofball of a boy. Like and when so, him like, and Nolan Patrick were boys on the team and they were just like goofballs together. Yeah. You know? It's just funny. It's funny to me that Travis actual Konechny is a le- is like a leader on the Flyers now. Good for him. I'm happy for him. Yeah. Just, yeah. Didn't uh, have it on my bingo card ever. It was not on your bingo card. But here we are with this team with just very, very little to give fan base here but yeah uh yeah so i mean scott lawton just talking about scott lawton and jvr real quick like i you know they were the guys who stepped up when Provorov had the whole pride night the debacle and they were the voices of the team and they were the true leaders on the team so you know we will miss jvr in that regard but we do have scooty Lutz still love some scott lawton around these parts and before we get into scott lawton and all that though i want to talk about some of the young guns some of the guys that we're excited to see come up on this team some of the the players of the future that we'll expect to see this season. Because, I mean, the biggest name out there, there's two giant names that are not with the club. We don't expect to be there this year. But it's Matvey Mishkov, who was the number seven pick in this year's draft. Thrilled for him. He's trapped in Russia for at least two, three years. So we're not going to see him anytime soon. Trapped then, is a very good way to, yeah, to phrase that. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you think about Ivan Fedotov and everything, it's, uh, yeah, that's the phrasing there. But we are Not excited great. to someday see Matvey Mishkov in the orange and the black, and he seemed pumped to be there. But if you want more information on that, I would suggest going back and listening to the draft episode where right after we got Mishkov, we were psyched for him. We are still psyched for him. Every time I see a highlight of him, I'm like, I want it now. Why do I have to wait? 2026, baby. Oh, God. I am almost there. Gray hairs in my beard by then. And the other name is Cutter Gauthier, who was the the first round pick last year, right? Not this past draft, but the draft before. Yes. 2022. 2022 yeah. draft. We've been loving what we've been hearing about Cutter coming up, his development, the guy looks like he's going to be a really, really good hockey player. So we are psyched for Cutter, but I don't know. Next season tops. 
Yeah, I, I mean, listen, if you like college hockey, this is the year to watch Boston College. Um, college they're going to be college. They're going to be absolutely stacked. They are stacked. And Cutter Gauthier is kind of the crown jewel on that team. So, yeah, um, they're going to be fun to watch this year. Yeah, but we don't have these guys yet. Okay, so this is a, a true. Why would the fuck would you show it to me if I can't have it? We don't want to think about these guys just yet because we cannot see them in the orange and the black. Who can we see that's young and exciting? The number one name has to be Tyson Forrester, who the Flyers drafted a few years ago was a skating project, but a killer shot. Looks like his skating's come a long way, and that shot is mwah, chef's kiss amazing. It's quite good. And you know what? What's impressed me about him is it's not even just the shot. Like, the shot, I, I mean, that, that sells itself. But you look at his playmaking. It's been excellent. You look at his play away from the puck. He's come a long way in that department. And so it just looks like in his eight-game stint with the Flyers last year, in which he logged seven points in those eight games, he just looked like a player who was ready, ready to be in the NHL. And it's exciting. It's exciting. To, it's great to see him on the team officially. Um, granted, his preseason wasn't exactly dynamite. It wasn't exactly the kind of preseason where he's bringing people out of their seats and people are just sharing gifts of you know this crazy goal he scored or anything like that. He's not. He's not a Connor Bedard or anything like that. But he's a good prospect that absolutely could develop into a very good player for the Flyers one day. I really liked what I saw from him in just a few games at the end of last season. And I, I get the feeling like he's going to be something really good. And if he turns into a top six talent that really just crushes it on the power play, I will be overjoyed. I mean, that's a useful player, you know, like it's a very some, useful player. If you have a power play specialist, I mean, that that's a good piece to have and that's, it's valuable. And so, um, well, and you know, when you it, have a power play like the Flyers that can't score for shit and hasn't been able to score for shit since like 2017. It's quite you, nice to have someone like that. It's very nice. It absolutely is. So one of the other big names of uh, the younger guys coming up right now is Bobby Brink, who alliteration city. He sounds like a Stan Lee Marvel character. And I actually really liked what I saw from him in the preseason. He was excellent in the preseason. Now, what's funny is before the preseason games began, the Flyers had a couple exhibition games, uh, scrimmage games with the New York Rangers during rookie camp. And Brink participated in that, and he didn't look amazing. And this is against, like, lesser competition than what he dealt with in the actual preseason. Preseason comes along, and he's just making plays left and right. He's scoring goal. He scored a goal. He had a couple of nice assists. He scored a disgusting goal in the shootout to help the Flyers win their first game of the preseason over the Bruins oh, it at, was, oh, at it was TD awesome. Garden. Yeah. Disgusting backhand goal yeah. over Jeremy Swayman, who's not a, who's not a slouch of a goalie. Swayman's um, very good. Like the Bruins are stacked in net for the record. So like, to score on either of those guys is tremendous. And yeah, like I, that was the disgusting goal, as you said, and just, he showed some silky mitts throughout the preseason. And I wonder if it's a matter of a guy who really thrives on having talent surrounding him and elevates his game according to the, the talent around him. Yeah. I mean, it's just, he could, it could be something like that, but he's just, you can't help but be, just over the moon of what we've seen from 
Bobby Brink this entire preseason. I mean, a couple, few days ago, last week, um, after the Flyers beat, I can't, I think they had beaten the Devils, or maybe they lost the Devil. I believe they actually lost the Devils in a. Uh, um, oh no, it was when they beat the Bruins again. Excuse me, they beat them in their second meeting as well. Um, John Tortorella was over the moon about Bobby Brink. He said after the game, "quote It's hard for me to keep Bobby Brink away from a top six spot right now." And this is after he started Bobby Brink on the fourth line to start the game. As the game went on, he brought Brink up to the top uh, to the top six. Uh, he says, "I think he has that innate ability that you can't teach to see the next play. He continues to impress." We've got to keep going on through the next week, and then we'll see where it falls. And where it has fallen is he's on the team. He forced his way onto the team, and he he didn't give the coaches or the general manager a choice. And that's something you like to see from such a young player. Talk about that compete level, eh? He's got that compete. He's got that dog in him, Steve. He got, I want people with that fucking dog in him. And I know John Tortorella wants people with that. Want, wants guys with that dog in him. You know, that's why the Eagles are so good. And that's what I want in my Philadelphia Flyers. My scrappy ass bottom of the standings Philadelphia Flyers. We are not expecting much from this team this year. But you know what? I want to see strides from Forrester and Brink. And... The other name I have here, and forgive me if I'm missing names, I I would hope that you maybe could fill in any blanks I might be missing here, but the other guy I was thinking about coming into the season as a potential young guy to make the regular lineup is Igor Zamula, who has, I feel like I've been talking about Zamula for 20 years at this point. Like, I feel like I've been talking about him for a very long time, and he hasn't gotten to crack the lineup, but given how thin this defense is, is this the year that Zamula finally is a regular Philadelphia Flyer? I think it is. I think at the very least, like if he has to, you know, sit a couple games in the press box here and there, that might be the case. But I think we're going to see a lot of Zamula this year. And I think he's going to be a nightly player. I think we've seen enough from him that he has shown that he's ready to take on nightly minutes. And I think he's been effective from what I've seen. So, um, yeah, this is the year that Zamula finally comes along. Um, another player to just note, not really, you know, pay too, too close attention to, but you do want to keep an eye on Emile Andre because he did in fact make the 23 man roster out of camp, which was not, not expected, but it should be noted that part of the reason why he made the 23 man roster is because Rasmus Ristolainen is placed on injured reserve. So he's out for at least a week in his name. Not Risto. Not Risto. And so, so they're gonna, he's going to miss a couple games, and that gives Emil Andre uh, kind of a little mini cup of tea with the Flyers. And when Risto comes back, one can imagine that Andre would probably get sent down to Lehigh Valley. Yeah. Which, I, honestly, that's kind of where he belongs right now, I feel like. He's very close. I don't know if he's quite there yet, but he'll be, he'll be on the Flyers very soon. Development wise, that feels like where he should be. But yeah, Andre is a great player to point out here. And who knows? I mean, if you trade away a couple of these guys, if you trade away Mark Stahl, if you trade away Sean Walker, there is a spot for Andre to come up and play with the Flyers at the end of the season. That's right. Yeah. And let's also not forget, this is the Flyers. Injuries are going to happen. That's not an if. It's going to happen. And who knows? Like if a couple defensemen get hurt, Emil Andre's got a chance to come up and uh, 
and, um, you know, kind of wreak some havoc in the NHL. So we'll see how he does then. But, um, yeah, for right now, he's starting the season in the NHL. Good for him. He deserved it. He had a good camp. Uh, not a great camp, but it was a good camp. And he's getting an opportunity to uh, play with the big club for a little bit until Rasmus Ristolainen comes back. Well, that's exciting. And, you know, this is the stuff that I am excited for. And an interesting wrinkle coming into the season because we're expecting the team to be bad and young. But there's two guys who might be a difference maker if they can stay healthy. So guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? We hope. Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson. Sean Couturier, it's it's been a while since we've heard the name Sean Couturier. And that's because Coots has had just some of the worst injuries you can imagine. He's had back issues, back surgery. We have not seen Sean Couturier for It's a really just been time. his back. <laughs> it's well, pretty much it, just been his I'm back. I'm even thinking, um, but I'm, I guess I'm considering also like his ACL tear in the past and like yeah, MCL yeah. and all that shit. Like the dude has seen some shit in his time as a Philadelphia flyer. So Sean Couturier it seems like he's back. He played the whole preseason. He's on the opening night roster. He's wearing, he's one of two players wearing the A on the team. There's still no captain. Torts, when's there going to be a captain? Is he actually wearing an, I legit have not noticed if he's wearing an A or not. I saw a thing, I could be wrong, but I saw a thing on Cap Friendly that had him with the A and Lawton. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I haven't cared enough to look at who's wearing letters. I, I mean, it would, it would make un- sense, but yeah. Well, for me, from a uniform standpoint, I really like the letters. And I, I do think, I don't know, I like to think about the tradition of flout, proud Flyers captains. So I would like to see a captain when the time is appropriate. But I agree with Torts' decision to not name a captain yet. But it does show you who the leaders are, who the respected guys are on the right. team. And yeah. Coots and Lawton are respected guys in the locker room. But the big thing with Sean Couturier is when Sean Couturier is at the top of his game, he is... I don't know if you can call him an elite player, but he's as close to an elite player as you can come without necessarily being elite when he's at his very best. He is an elite two way player. He is for sure. He can just, he's one of the best defensive forwards I've ever seen, certainly in a flyers uniform. And if he's actually back, even if he's 85% back, like that is a difference maker for this team. He can win you games that you might not win otherwise because he is a true 1C when he's playing well. Yeah, he's he's a very responsible player and he makes an impact on in just about every zone. A three-zone player, neutral zone, defensive zone, offensive zone. He's very, very good. And um, the big question is, is he going to be 100% what he was before his back surgeries? I mean, he's missed almost two years. He got a lot of hockey, a lot of time. He, he has not played since December, 2021, 2021. It's stunning to think about. So it's, it's pretty wild. So it's been almost two years and we obviously he's going to have a lot of rust to knock off, but we will see, uh, you know what he is and it's going to take him some time. I would imagine to, to kind of ramp up and get back to what he was, but we saw some flashes of it during the preseason, and if he can get back to that, then clearly, yes, that is a difference-making player for the Flyers. Huge difference-maker. And another big difference-maker, maybe not to the level of Couturier if he's healthy, but Cam Atkinson didn't play last year. Cam, really nice player the season before that. I mean, he can 
kill penalties, he can score goals, and he's an, a great locker room guy. So if Cam's back and Sean Couturier's back, then you have a semblance of a top six all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of what the Flyers lacked last season. I mean, without Sean Couturier and without Cam Atkinson, those were two big pieces that were missing. And now that they have them back, like, yeah, you can form a somewhat respectable top six. And, you know, listen, a lot of people are, you know, already counting the Flyers out for the season, which granted, like, let's not kid ourselves. They're probably not going to the playoffs. They're a bottom 10 team. That's as far as I'm concerned, they're a bottom 10. Right. But my God. It's not like they're going to be the worst. Like some people look at them and they think, oh, they're the worst team in the NHL. And that is, that's just crazy. I mean, they have enough good players where they can at least win a solid amount of games. Um, I saw a projection just before we started recording today that had them just above the Blackhawks for the the worst team in the NHL. There's, I do not see that (laughs) happening at all. And and I mainly don't see that because John Tortorella will drag this team kicking and screaming to a higher position than they should be. I mean, that team last year had no business, you know, finishing as high as they did. And we got very lucky that we got the number seven pick where, and Mishkov fell to us at number seven because I mean, they would have gotten a solid player there regardless, but Mishkov is a potential like franchise changer, which you don't typically get down at seven. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you look at some of John Tortorella's work in the past. I mean, his first season with the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, they were not good. They went, I think they had 70. Yeah, they had 76 points. Now, granted, he started the season like he, he, he took over as head coach in the middle of the season, like eight games into the year or something like that. Um, so, and they didn't finish great. They missed the playoffs, had 76 points year after that. 108 points. Pretty pretty drastic turnaround. Yeah. And I'm, granted, I'm not expecting that anytime soon. I mean, if we we just look down this roster real quick. Let's look at the roster. I mean, I have an outdated one on the sheet here. But I'm looking at the, the roster that the Flyers released earlier this evening. So, forward-wise, we have Atkinson, Brink, Noah Cates, Sean Couturier, Nick Delorier, Joel Farabee, Tyson Forrester, Morgan Frost, Garnet Hathaway, Travis Konechny, Scott Lawton, Ryan Paling, and Owen Tippett. Defense, you've got Emil Andre, Travis Sanheim, Nick Sealer, Mark Stahl, Sean Walker, Cam York, and Igor Zamula. Goaltenders, tendies, you got Samuel Erson, who I like to call the son of Ayers, Carter Hart, and Felix Sandstrom. So, look, putting whatever the hell is going on with Carter Hart aside, Carter Hart will steal you a couple games, right? Sean Couturier, if he's healthy, and if Joel Farabee's back, that might win you a couple games right there. And, you know, Tippett really was an effective player last year, and I'm excited to see if he could take another step forward this year. Joel Farabee's a player that I'm really interested in this season because I think it's pretty clear that he just wasn't himself last year, which, valid. He got, like, a very, very rare neck surgery that only two other players in the history of the NHL have ever gotten. So he gets that, comes back, and he's he's not himself. This year, and also when he was away last year, he didn't even get to participate in training camp. So he, he didn't have his legs. He didn't get to know John Tortorella before the season. It was just a very weird situation with him last year. This year, he has a full offseason of training. He has a full training camp under John Tortorella, and he's healthy. Like, we're, I think we're going to see a very, very different Joel Farabee this year. I, I, 
Do you want to hear a bit, kind of a bold prediction? I think Joel Fairley scores. I would scores. love bold prediction, and that actually is a great transition to get into our Flyers predictions. Let's do it. Should, all right, yeah, let's do this. Should I do... You, you know, do whatever your heart goes with. Let's start with most improved. And I think that's going to Joel Farabee. Love it. I and think he I, scores I think he scores I think he scores at least 25 goals this year. I would take those odds. I if I could slam that bet down right now that Farabee's going to get 20 plus goals, I'm totally in on that because I think he's going to be back and I'm really excited. I mean, Joel Farabee going back to when Claude Giroux left. Farabee was named like Drew said, like that's the guy to watch out for. That's like the talented guy that yeah. is the future of this team. And if Claude Giroux saying it, I believe it. Okay. He's the captain. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's, he has so much potential and so much skill. I think last season was an aberration. I think he's going to be much better this year. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't even discount 30 goals. I know that's a, I know that's insane. I know that's putting a lot. Somebody's got to score but, the goals on this team. Yeah. I, I think, I think he's going to be vastly improved this year. I think somebody's got to score 25 plus and it's, it's either going to be him connect me or tip it, but there's a potential. All three of those guys could hit 20 goals. Yeah, I, they could. TK they could. should TK should hit like, 25 goals again or something like that. I think Farabee should definitely get 20 plus and I would be shocked if Tippett didn't get 20, 25 again. I think he'll be up there. Yeah. Yeah. No love. I love Owen Tippett and I love Farabee as the team and the, or the most improved here. Now we're talking team MVP. TK is obviously the front runner for it. TK was awesome. The jerk store's all time bestseller. And if you're new to this, I call TK the jerk store or the jerk store's all time bestseller an old school Seinfeld reference right there. But it's, I, I would be surprised if it isn't him, but if it isn't him, I could totally see it being Owen Tippett. It could be Owen Tippett. I don't, I think Carter Hart needs to be in the conversation as well. Um, Carter Hart did win it last year, and I keep forgetting that he did. Yeah, it, it shouldn't have been Carter Hart. I I would say that it should have been Travis Konechny last season. Yeah, but uh, he missed like ha- a quarter of the season, so you're not allowed to miss games, I guess. <laughs> apparently, if you <laughs> win the team not. MVP, but like Carter Hart is, I know there's some murkiness around his future, but um, he when he's playing, he's the backbone of this team. Um, so I, I think he could also be in the conversation as team MVP once again. For sure. And then the dark horse here is Sean Couturier. Because if Sean Couturier is back, he's potentially the best player on this team. That would be I would actually wild. say if Sean Couturier is back, and again, if he's like 85%, I think he actually is the best player on this team. Because he is such a good yeah. two-way player. And he can score goals. And like... He just makes everything go. He is fantastic when everything is firing on all cylinders. The man plays chess while everybody else is playing checkers. So I'm going to put it out there and maybe I'll manifest that. Sean Couturier is my pick for team MVP. Gutsy, but I respect it. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. You know, a lot of things need to kind of break just right, but. Oh, they absolutely do. They absolutely do. But we'll see. So on that note, because that's a, a huge surprise if that happens. What are you expecting? Who's who are you expecting to be your most surprising player? Your your biggest like 
I don't know, guy who comes out of nowhere and does more than you expect? I'm going to say Cam York. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. I'm expecting Cam York to be, because maybe not like, I'm not saying he's going to come out and have like some sort of, you know, all world season where he's winning all the, where he's like a Norris contender. I'm not saying that, but I do think he is going to be put in a lot of situations to flourish offensively. I think he is, he's going to get a ton of power play minutes. Um, We've seen that he's capable of moving the puck at five on five. I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes the season with like 35 points, maybe 40 points, something like that. I know okay. that's that's pretty good for a defenseman. I could I could see him doing it. I know this is kind of his first full, full year, um, but I, I think I've seen enough from him to be confident that he could be a pretty – Pretty substantial offensive point producer from the back end. So I'm into that big time. I, I love that one. I'm a big Cam York proponent, and I know he's not the small goals boy, okay? But I like Cam York, and I think if you don't have the skull, small goals boy, he's a good pick to have in that position right there. Uh, yeah, I like Cam York for that. I am going to go with uh, a certain Flyers writer's favorite Morgan Frost, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to look for Fro- Frosty might surprise us this year and build on his momentum from late last season. That would be fun. It'd be very fun. It's actually funny you say that because next up on this list of predictions is most disappointing. And Perfect. I, I have, I have Frost as my most disappointing, actually. I hope I'm right and you're so. wrong, but yeah, it's a very big potential. I biggest disappointment's a tough one for me. So why are you feeling Morgan Frost might be the biggest disappointment? I just like it. All right. Let me say this. Like, this isn't me saying that he's bad, but I just need to see more consistency from him. I agree. I agree. And I mean, if he's, he got real hot last season. Um, I, I mean, if he, if he doesn't kind of catch fire like that again, what are we getting from him? Um, so to start the season, I, I would love if Morgan Frost begins the year on like a four or five game point streak and then just kind of, um, you know, goes from there and he finishes the year with like 60 points. That would be great. That'd be oh, awesome. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, but I need to see more from him. I still don't know exactly what he is. No, I have no idea what he is at this point. I'm, I'm hoping that that's a surprise. We find out what the surprise is. <laughs> surprise. I'm a fourth line winger. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Hart on this one. I I don't know. I just feel like Hart might be a disappointment this year. He might have a, a letdown season right here. And this defense is horrible, so it's it might be a lot because of that. But you might see some bad numbers out of Carter Hart this season. Well, Sam Erson, he's in the wings. He's waiting. The waiting son of us. Yes, I'm excited for Sam Erson. Next question. Who will play more games between Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson? Cam Atkinson. All right, I'm going to take Coots. I don't know what the bet's going to be, but I'm going to go on the other side. All right. I can see Atkinson. Uh, I can see Coots has always been injury prone. Sure. Even before this back situation. So who's to say that something else doesn't happen? What was Cam's issue again? Did he we had, find out? He had neck surgery. That's right. Uh, yeah. Tough one, too. It's a tough one too. We'll see. Yeah. We're rooting for all these guys to play 82 games if they can, but you know, we we're realistic that that's probably not going to happen, especially coming back from injuries like this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, neck and back stuff ain't exactly 
stuff you want to be messing with. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Last question on the Flyers prediction list. Who will not end the season as a Flyer? What guys are you feeling are definitely going to get traded? (sighs) Mark Stahl. Mark Stahl is almost a definite. I think Sean Walker is up there too, is like a, a very likely to not be. I can see Atkinson getting traded. I think Ak- Atkinson feels like an 80% probability to me. I think teams want Scott Lawton real bad, and they have wanted him dating back to last season. But I think the Flyers like him so much, and they think he's so important that they're going to keep him around. I think you're right about that, and I I don't know if that's the right move, but so be it. You know, I like Scott Lawton. I can't complain too much, but you really should get whatever value you can from him. My biggest one is Travis Konechny. Travis Konechny is such an in-betweener here where he could either be the cornerstone of this franchise for the next like five years, or he could be a great piece on the Maple Leafs or somebody. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know what is going to happen with him at all. I feel like he, because if this is the last year of his contract, then yeah, trade him. I would say that it would be best to trade him away. But like, he has another year after this and he's still only 26 years old. And he like loves not, it here. Like he, he does. really, he really likes it here. And the fact that he turned the corner with Tortorella, like he did where we were expecting him to be an abject disaster yep, with John yep. Tortorella last season. And he ended up becoming one of Tortorella's favorite by the end of the season. You know, like that to me shows such an incredible sign of maturity and growth on his part. Nobody saw that happening. Like no, no. going into the last season, everyone was like, Oh, he's going to be the next Max Domi. Like, he's going to totally be so deep into Torts' doghouse. And early on in the season, yeah, he was. But he responded the right way, and then he became one of his favorite players at the end of the year. And so it makes you wonder what's going to happen here. But I do think the Flyers are very aware of their situation. They know they need to be building for the future. They know they need draft capital. And one of the best ways to do that is to trade one of your best players who's very young. He doesn't even turn 27 till March. So he's pretty much going to be 26 the whole season. Um, trade him away with one more full year of his contract at 5.5 mil. You could trade him to a contender and they would give up a stupid amount of money. Or money. Assets, I mean. So. Stupid. Real stupid. stupid. Real stupid. Now, I, I'm you know I'm in favor of selling, but at the same time, I like Travis Konechny. I would not be majorly disappointed if they did not depart with him, or part with him, rather. Any other like surprises you can think of as far as I think those are the big names that we're expecting to get traded. I mean, it's probably, I, I listen, Ryan Paling's been really, really impressive. I could see a team calling about him at the trade deadline. If he's, if he continues to play well, um, Owen Tippett, I don't think he's going anywhere. Like I know this is the last year of his contract before he becomes a restricted free agent, but I think they see him. I mean, he's only 24. So I think they see him as like a very important cornerstone player moving forward. I think they see him being like very important on the next good to possibly great Flyers team. That man is as ginger as they come. That is a flyer. You lock. Yeah, he they can't trade him. I mean, he puts the orange in the orange and the black. Konechny's not a ginger, so he's... He's He's He can be traded. Yeah. Scott Walton, not a ginger. He can be traded. But, uh, you know, come on. You got to lock down Owen Tippett and Cam York. Yeah. You know who else could be an interesting surprise this season? Who's that? Noah Cates. 
Oh, Noah Cates, one of Torts' favorites right there. He was already a, surpri- a great surprise last season. But who's to say he doesn't have an even better season this year? Like, who's to say he doesn't get, like, 55 points or so? Like, something like that. I, I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but, like, he was real good last year, and he's showing some real, you know, creativity offensively now, and it's it's great to see. So it makes you wonder, like, what, what could happen this year? The biggest thing in Cates' favor is the Flyers having more depth this year than last year, especially if Couturier and Atkinson are healthy. You know, not having that pressure to be a top six player when you don't necessarily have top six talent. That was their big problem last year is like you have guys like like Kevin Hayes up there. Kevin Hayes is going to do so much better for the Blues than that iteration of the Flyers. You know, he's playing top nine minutes and it's like he just isn't that player at this point. You know, he absolutely mm-hmm. isn't. Whereas like, I don't think Cates is ever going to be that player, but Cates is a great middle six guy. You know, he's a second, third line guy and he's awesome at it. Like I would love to see him just clean up in that kind of role. It would be fun. And I mean, we've already heard the comparisons between him and Sean Couturier. He's a really good 200 foot player. So how cool would that be if like, you know, Sean Couturier comes back, he's not quite what he was, but then Noah Cates takes this big leap and all of a sudden he looks like a possible Selkie candidate one day. Wouldn't that be poetic? While you can have too many cooks, you can't have too many coots. That's what they say, Steve. (laughs) That's an old wives saying right there, you know. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, it's a ancient Vulcan saying right there. So to wrap things up, we have a long list of league predictions here. So I was thinking, let's just go rapid fire through them. So let's start with the divisions. Who are you seeing winning each division? Let's start with the Metro. Oh, baby. Um. All right. For the Metro, give me... Oh, God. Um, I mean, it's a two-horse race as far as I see it. It's between I, the Carolina Hurricanes. All right. I'm... I'm thinking Carolina, but barely. Jersey is just a team on the rise, and I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate that I kind of like them, too. Like, I hate the Devils. Yeah, they're fun. I hate everything about the Devils, but I really like a lot of the talented hockey players on that team. They got the brothers. They got the Hughes brothers. They got the fucking Hughes brothers, and Jack Hughes is dynamite. That guy is amazing. I am just, like... I hate how good the New Jersey Devils are. God damn it. No more criminal Steve, Scott Stevens, lock them up. So yeah, the Devils are looking the first, I'm going to take the Hurricanes. You're taking the Devils. Let's go with the Atlantic, and that should still be the name of the Flyers division, but I digress as a grumpy old man. So Boston ran, got this running away last year. They were easily the winner because they were the best team in the NHL. Historically, one of the best teams in the NHL. And then they lost their top two centers in the offseason. So does it, it feels like it's Florida's to win, right? Not necessarily. Because Florida wasn't even that good last year. Besides when they went to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, they got hot at the right time and they went to the Stanley Cup final. They finished, they almost didn't even make the playoffs. They finished with 92 points. Like, that's not that good. So, I'm not ready to just hand them the division championship. I, and yeah, I, I'm giving it yeah, to them. No. I'm giving it to them. I think, they're, I think they really got their stride and figured out how to play with different personnel. I think a lot of the problem last year was adjusting to the Barkoff instead of Huberto. 
because they had gotten very used to the, or not, I'm sorry, not Barkoff, the uh, Kachuk instead of Huberdo. And because that, that Barkoff-Huberdo tandem was huge for that team for so long. Yeah. You want to hear something spicy, Steve? What's that? I mean, real spicy. Uh, I, give it to me. I'm ready for the ghost pepper. Give it to me. Ottawa Senators, best team. Oh, wow. That is a bold, bold prediction right there, my friend. Like, I don't Ottawa know Senators. if they're going to make the playoffs, but okay. I Ottawa. like it. Why Why not, though? Why would they not make the playoffs? Why would they I not would make lo- the playoffs? I want to know. I, I don't know. They didn't make the playoffs last year. And uh, How much better have they gotten? I mean, Tarasenko's good, right? They got Vladimir Tarasenko, who I believe is still quite good. You all, You obviously have Claude Giroux. Who I mean, they had him last year. It's clear. They did, and he was great. He Tim was great Stutzla, last year. Like they have some great talent. Look, believe me, you got. I want to Stutz- see them make look, the playoffs. I'm just going to go down the list here. You got Tim Stutzla, Brady Kachuk, Claude Giroux, Vladimir Tarasenko, Drake Batherson. Um, you got a couple good younger guys coming up. Ridley Gregg. I've been pretty high on him for a long time. Steve, they have Zach McEwen. Oh, Mad Man McEwen. Oh, Zach Mac. McEwen. And that's yeah, the right. Flyers did great with him. Now, look at this. You got Thomas Shabbat, Jacob Chikrin. You got Jake Sanderson, Eric ba- Brandstrom. I mean, you got good players. And then you got uh, the big thing is their goaltending. Like, what's going to happen here? I, I, I mean, you got Jonas Corposalo and Anton Forsberg. Not exactly inspiring, but. Yeah. If they can get that figured out, it's a big if. This is a really, this is an interesting team. This is a real interesting team because I mean, the, your top two defenders are very good. Oh, for sure, but it's a it's a big if, man. It is a big if. But all right, all right, I'm going Florida. You're going Ottawa. Big swing. I'm going Ottawa. Like Let's get. Spicy. I'm going Ottawa. I don't care. Yeah. Good. How about the Central? Who are we feeling in the Central? Oh, Got to be Colorado, man. right? I'm going Colorado. I, yeah, I'm going to go call her. Uh, no, I, actually, no, I'm not. Wow. Oh, wow. Dallas. Dallas is a good one. If it's not Colorado, Dallas. it's Dallas. Like that's. They have, I mean, you got Jason Robertson, Miro Heiskinen, Jake Ottinger. You got an elite player at each position. Um, I mean, you bring in Matt Duchesne. You already have Joe Pavelski. I mean, I, I think this, I think. The stars are excellent. I think All they're right. going to be real good. Would you say the stars are aligned? I think I would, Steve. There we go. <laughs> I good think I good would. Hockey. No, we have a we have a couple more things, then we're out of here. But all right, you're going stars. I'm going the Avs. Pacific. Who are we going with? I mean, I think this is a, a three four horse race. Edmonton and Vegas are the big dogs. Kraken are the the wild cards there, and then the Kings and the Flames maybe have an outside chance, but probably not. Give me the Oilers here. I think Oilers take it. Um, I think Stuart Skinner is has a very good chance at like kind of he was so good as a rookie last year. And Skinner. if he takes another step if <laughs> if he takes another step forward, there's a shot there's a chance that he could be, you know, got a real difference maker in net for the Oilers. So they already got everything else. So well, I I think they'll actually be... yeah they did make a really nice trade at defense for once uh, I will give them that yeah okay okay uh, yeah I'm feeling the Oilers you're feeling the Oilers I'm okay how about that I mean it should be the Oilers right but uh, who knows okay so you're going the Oilers I'm gonna go with the Knights I'm gonna go with the defending champs I have questions about the Knights 
I should. Oh, I have a lot of questions, but they also want it. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. 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 Okay. Very nice. Very nice. So as far as the Stanley Cup goes, early prediction, obviously there's so miles to go on this one, but give just give me a prediction. Fuck. Both teams participating? Both teams, yeah. Both teams, who over who? I'm gonna, I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Yeah, you go first. I want to hear this. I am going to go with the Avs over the Devils. Okay. All right. I think Kale McCarr is going to be back with a vengeance this year. I think Nathan McKinnon is going to be on a rampage. And sadly, I think the Devils are just on the rise. Jack Hughes is awesome. He sure is pretty good. Dougie's great. Like, the Devils are good, unfortunately, and I hate it. I so badly want to say my Stanley Cup prediction from last season again. Do it. Do it. But it's... Do it. I'm going to say Oilers... Over Toronto. Oilers over Toronto. All, all Canada. We will see if it happens. I have no faith in Toronto even with their new gritty team. I shouldn't either. But I, for some reason, I'm, I want to give them one more shot. I just feel like they won that playoff series last year. Like they got kind of that monkey off their back. You know what I mean? And so now maybe it's, I, I don't know. It might, maybe it'll be different. But maybe it'll be different. I don't know. They and I, I granted we say this every year about the Leafs and nothing changes, but at some point statistically something's got to change, right? So You would think. You would Maybe this will be the year. Maybe this will be the year. Yeah, maybe, maybe. All right, lastly, you want to rapid fire go through the league awards. Hart, McDavid's front runner. Do you think it's anybody but McDavid? Uh actually, yeah. Who is it? This is this is kind of spicy. Is it Matthew Kachuk? Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. I love that one. I love that one. I'm going to go McKinnon. Oh, that'd be good. We're going, we're going abs on that one. Okay. So I'm assuming if you have McCarr for the heart, you're going McCarr for the Norris because there's no way he wins the heart and not the Norris. That's, that's exactly right. And who, the only, only one player has won the heart and Norris in the same year, right? Wasn't it Lidstrom? It was, uh, I guess I'd have to double check on that. I was like, because did the awards have names when Bobby Orr was around? Because Bobby Orr is the only other player I could really think of that. Could oh, okay. Here we go. Oh, wow. I was Okay. So actually it wasn't Lidstrom. Only two players have ever won the Norris and Hart in the same season. Bobby Orr. Yep. He did it three times. Yeah. Bobby Orr was phenomenal. Nobody liked Bobby Orr yet. And the one Chris Pronger. Chris Pronger. Yes, Pronger, human. I'm all about that. Hell yeah. yeah. Chris Pronger was something else, man. Something else. Next up, Kale McCarr. He's going to do it. I, I'll go with the, I'll go with the Avs just running the uh, category, too. I'll go with McCarr for the Norris as well. Uh, Vesna's a weird one this year because o- Omar won it last year, but Bergeron retired. So, yeah, I don't know about that. I'm kind of, I think I'm, I think I'm going Sorokin this year. I'm going Ottinger. Ottinger. I love that one. Big time fan. All He's right. excellent. Calder. I mean, is it not Connor Bedard? I, I, the only guy I could see competing is Logan Cooley. Logan Cooley looked pretty good in the uh, preseason. He scored some nice goals. I Yeah, I, got, I feel good about Logan Cooley a lot. I don't think the only way that he wins, I think, is if Bedard gets hurt, which right. he could. He could. Because Bedard's a little, on a really a little guy. Team. Yeah, but. Chicago's terrible. Yeah. 
They're going to be the worst again. Barring injury, Bedard's taking the Calder. Nice. Okay. How about the Selkie? I mean, he sure finished second last year. Marner finished third. Coots is back, but uh, we got to see how he's feeling. Bergeron is out. That's the big thing. Bergeron is not in the running. Bergeron rules this category. Barkov can make a comeback too. Barkov, you know, is is pretty well known for his two-way skills. Mark Stone, baby. Mark Stone. I love it. All right. Lock it in. We need to get a winger. A wing needs to win the call. The call. A wing needs to win the Selkie. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if anybody's the best, it's it's Stone or apparently Mitch Marner, who I wrote here as Match Marner, which is an awesome name. It is good. Matches Malone over here. Uh, I'm going to go bark off, but we'll see what happens. I'm I'm like dead set on Mark Stone. I love it. I love it. I'm into it. Jack Adams, Jim Montgomery won it running away last year. This that team's not going to be that good, but if they are good, Jim Montgomery should win it again. I'm going DJ Smith. I'm go. Which team is that again? I'm an idiot. Ottawa, Ottawa Senators. Ottawa Senators. I love it. Well, if <laughs> they win the Senators. division, he fucking deserves it. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm going, and I hate myself for this. Lindy Ruff from the Devils. Okay. The Devils. Ugh. God. Uh, Lady Bing. Who cares? I don't. Yeah, then, I, no one cares. About <laughs> Legit, no one cares. About no one anything. cares. Why don't we even have it? And then the last one, <laughs> in, this is hard to predict because the Masterton basically goes to whoever had the worst story. But uh, Sean Couturier is my pick for the Masterton because if Sean Couturier plays a full season coming back from that back injury, he fucking deserves the Masterton. They have a couple Masterton guys. They got Couturier and Atkinson. That's true. It's true. Yeah. They got a couple guys who could contend for it. Two horse race. Let's see. Who else could win the Masterton? Yeah, this is a weird try. uh, Yeah. It's a weird one you can't really make a prediction for. No, you really can't. You really can't. So, all right. Well, Quiggs, that was a lot, but that is our season preview. And. I'm psyched. You know, it's it's going to be a long season. It's going to be a lot of growing pains, but hopefully the Flyers make it fun. I think they will. I think it'll be a fun season. It's not going to be exactly a good season. I don't think they're making the playoffs this year, but I think it's going to be fun, and I think it's going to be a step in the right direction. I think they are slowly but steadily getting back to where they should be, and soon enough – They'll be icing a very, very, very good team. But this year, they're not going to be quite there. No, no, the expectations are very low this year. But just try to have fun with the people, you know, just try to enjoy it. Enjoy the youth. Enjoy. And that's the thing. Like, there's fun things to look out for. Like, they're young players. Like, root for the young players. If the Flyers lose six to four, who gives a shit? Tyson Forster, Tyson Forster's got a hat trick. You know exactly. what I mean? Like that's exactly. what matters. So that just progress. root for the young guys. Yeah, root for the young guys. You know, it's it, hopefully it'll be fun. Hopefully there will be more optimism this year than previous years. And yeah, but we will be here every week for the ride. Maybe a week off here or there, but it'll be rare. We will. I didn't mean to rhyme there. That was very strange. I had three rhymes. <laughs> I've got to go. I've got to go. But we will be here podcasting. Almost every week. We will keep it consistent. That's for damn sure. Folks, thank you so much for listening. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is social media, I guess. It's kind of a murky situation with how Elon Musk has completely destroyed Twitter. But typically, Twitter is the best place to find us. Uh, I'm over at Flyperbole. And Esteban, I have 
really been using Blue Sky a lot more lately. I have the same handles there, though, so I would recommend hitting me up on there if you're on Blue Sky. And I've got Instagram Flyperbole and TikTok Flyperbole, so a number of ways oh, wow. to reach us. Quigs, where can people find you for feedback and such? You can find me, your boy, on Twitter at Ryan Quiggs with a Z. Thanks. Quiggs with a Z. Follow him. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Follow BSH Radio and all that. Well, not BSH Radio anymore. We're not using that handle. Fuck it. Uh, but <laughs> but yeah, follow Broad Street Hockey at the very least. And be sure to subscribe Fuck. to Broad Street Hockey. We have so much great content on there for y'all to check out. So come on down. Check out Broad Street Hockey. It is worth the just couple bucks a month for the price of a latte a month you can follow broad street hockey for all of our tangy tent damn right damn right all right folks thank you so much for listening and until next time in the words of the great gene Hart, good night and good hockey wow 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 this podcast was brought to you by the fine folks over at Bet Online. Be sure to check them out. And if you're first time better on there, be sure to use the promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V.